But on the show this evening, welcome to this week's edition of Time to Travel. And on the show this evening, I'll be chatting with Jenny Newman, who together with her husband Norman, own and run Lara on Hogsback. It's an idyllic getaway in the beautiful Hogsback area. CEO of South African Tourism, Tulani Zima will be on the line and we'll be chatting about the impact on tourism of lifestyle events such as the recent Cape Town Fashion Week. And then I'll be catching up with British Airways chef Mark Tazioli in London for a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to bring you your meal in the sky. So that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM. Time to travel on SAFM. Well, Jenny Newman and her husband Norman left the big city life and headed for Hogsback. It's possibly one of the most beautiful parts of South Africa. Well, they've recently opened La Ra on Hogsback. It's self-catering accommodation, and she says that it's set in a tree-filled country garden. Well, if you had to see the amount of trees and the types of trees, you'd be absolutely amazed. I was absolutely amazed. Jenny, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Karen. How are you this evening? Well, other than having a bad start to the show, doing very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> I heard that. Can I add to your bad start? It's Lara on Hogsback. It's Lara. Okay, Lara, I'm saying Lara. Yes. I'm so sorry. But this is Irish, isn't it? This is all to do with yes, your Irish. It is yes, of Irish origin. Okay, yes. so what? Just tell us before we get into it. What is Lara? Where is it? Where does the name come from? The name comes from um, it's the family farm in Ireland. My husband's family, Norman's family, and um, yeah, we just wanted to to commemorate that as the family tradition and. Uh, when we bought Lara and Hogs back, well, we bought the property, um, yeah, we just decided that that would be an appropriate name for the farm. So for those who haven't been to Hogsback before, just give them some idea of where exactly Hogsback is. Where it is, okay. Mm. Um, it's in the Eastern Cape, in the Amaterna Mountains, and it's um, between King Williamstown and Annis, um, if you know that part of the mm. world, and we're about 150 kilometres from Grahamstown. So you're in a, it's really one of the most spectacular parts of the country up there. Oh, absolutely! It's just um, you know, there's a lot of history. It's, um, it's, the nature is unbelievable. Um, part of our history is that Madiba was educated at Hilltown, graduated from Fort Hare University in in Annis. So, that's a bit of our claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd mentioned the nature. I mean, the, the bird life is, is amazing out there. Tell us what you can see yes. if people come up there. Um, well, the bird life is, is amazing. We actually have a bird specialist, Graham Russell, in, in the village. And um, we have over 200 species of bird in, in, the, in Hogsback. Um, the most notable being the endangered, endangered Cape Parrot. And then we have the Nice Maluri, and um, that's the most famous one. Um, and then the infamous Pitmere Fro, oh, really? <laughs> which makes a terrible racket at Christmas time. <laughs> well, at least you know they're there. They're letting you know yes. that they're there. Oh, absolutely. You've got some yeah. what, some mango monkeys. I've, I've never heard of mango some mango monkeys. monkeys. They're also an endangered species. We also have the vervet monkey. Okay. Um, and then another endangered species is the uh, Amatona toad. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very diverse um, 
part of the world that we have here. Besides all the nature, there's lots of other things to do, healthy sort of adventure pastimes, if you like. There's walking trails oh. and abseiling, mountain biking, yes. fly fishing, horse riding. I mean, it sounds like one of those most idyllic holidays you could ever have. Yes. I mean, you know, often people say, well, what is there to do in Hogsback? And it's like whatever you want it want to do, you know. It appeals primarily to the nature lover. Um, we have the um, forest walks. We have beautiful waterfalls. Um, and sunrises to die for. And when there's full moon, we often sit on our front deck and just sit with a glass of wine and watch this moon oh. rising. And it's the, the whole our whole property is just bathed in moonlight. So that's just phenomenal, you know. Um, I, I was reading on your Facebook page that from, from Lara on Hogsback, there are apparently great views of Tordoon and the Hogs. What are those? Oh, well... Tordoon is one of the, the mountaintops here in Hogsback. That is, if you look at our Facebook page, I have photos of that. Um, and then the Hogs are, um, it's just part of the Amatola mountain range. And um, what, what's sig- significant about the Hogs is that the, the ridge of the mountain is like the, the, um, the, the uh, Hog ridges if you like. So we have what we call hog one, two, and three. And that's very well um, photographed on my my Facebook page as well. And it sounds like one of those places, you know, McGregor sounds to me another one of those sort of places where people go to get away from it all, but then you find all these amazingly creative people all in one place. Is that the same sort of thing? Uh, Absolutely. You know, apart from, as you've mentioned, the hiking, um, you can actually um, hire mountain bikes and go mountain biking. You can go abseiling. There's fly fishing on the nearby farms and even horse riding. Okay, and then the other activities. If you're not into that sort of thing, you know we have the eco shrine, which is um, a conglomeration of art, nature, and science, and it's in a particularly breathtaking uh, site and has views across the landscape that surrounds Hogsback. Um, we also have the labyrinth, which is the largest labyrinth in South Africa. We have a fairy realm where you can walk amongst the fairies. We have artists who do birth water and oil paintings. We have professional photographers, um, Ken Harvey being the most notable, who actually sells his work here from the village. Um, Pottery, um, we have two different potteries, Mafika potteries and Star Wars pottery. And every week, we, on the Saturday, we have crafters, local crafters, uh, you know, selling the wares. And, and it's really fun, you know. And then, of course, um, there's Hobbiton, which is, um, uh, the, you have these fun survival courses that you can do with the, um, it's actually an internationally acclaimed high ropes course that they have there. And I personally have done the middle ropes course, nearly broke my neck, but it was <laughs> total, total fun, you know. Um, and then the other thing that Hogsback's very popular for is a wedding destination, you know. And we have um, the, the smallest chapel in the country uh, called St. Patrick's on the Hill, and... Um, very, very popular. And alternatively, um, 
um, they also have wedding ceremonies held in the Arboretum, which is a forest museum, basically a tree museum of all the different trees that can be found within Hogsback. So there's just an amazing, amazing plethora of activities that one can partake of. Yeah. Well, now let's get down to why we're actually speaking here, because you've just recently opened your self-catering cottages at Lara on Hogsback. And yes. it, I'm just sort of wondering if people come to stay and there's all this to do, do you actually get rid of them at any point? I mean, do they actually want to leave? Interesting that you <laughs> asked that question, because one of our guests um, two weekends ago, they just they came to me to return the key and they said, unfortunately, we have to leave you and go back to our real life, <laughs> you know. And, um, yeah, that is a problem, but, you know, um, we, we're quite happy with that problem. Yeah, no absolutely, doubt, absolutely. Know. So tell me a little bit about the accommodation, Jenny. The accommodation, we have three cottages, um, and it's three all under one roof. Um, what, what's significant about the architecture is that they're all double-volume, high-rate ceilings and very well-equipped with um, uh, wood-burning uh, closed combustion stove, um, electric blankets on all our beds. The because it gets particularly particularly mm. cold here in Hogsback, especially with the snow in winter. That's oh, the other thing that's yeah. remarkable mm. about Hogsback is the different seasons that we have. Um, you know, in spring, amazing colour from all the flowers, the azaleas, particularly in rhododendron, that Hogsback is particularly known for. Um, and then in autumn, the amazing colours, as the trees turn to all those autumnal colours, it's really, really spectacular to the winter. I mean, we had the most splendid day today. It's hard to believe it was winter, you know. <laughs> but it can snow, and, and in fact, in 2010, we had record snow um, here in Hogsback, where um, I've got pictures which I haven't yet posted on my website page of the... the inches of snow here in Hogsback, you know. So we've, we've particularly concentrated on keeping our guests lovely, cosy and warm with the wood burning stove, electric blankets on the beds. Um, and then the kitchen is a fully equipped kitchen with the gas hob, electric oven, um, nice um, fridge. And all the, well, one of the comments I've had in my guest comment book is that the kitchen is so well equipped. And then um, on the deck, we have covered decks on all our, our cottages, and each one has a Weber bride. So it's particularly well appointed, and we've, you know, it's, it's luxury accommodation that you can expect when you visit Lara and Hogsback. How many people do, does each cottage um, accommodate? Um, it, it takes up to four people, and um, we have queen-size beds in the main bedroom, and then single beds, and two of them have single beds. And one has another queen-size bed up in the loft bedroom. Oh, a loft bedroom. That's quite fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's actually, it's the, the, the end cottages have, it's actually, I've called it a room with a view because you, you actually overlook the treetops, you know. And, mm. um, and that's, that's what you wake up to in the mornings from there. And, and actually, we, we had two couples in the one cottage over this last weekend and uh, they said that was the best room in the house because it got nice and toasty warm from the flu going through to, oh, right. to that area. And um, 
then, of course, just waking up to that view in the morning, I said, it was absolutely spectacular. Now, if people want to find out more, Jenny, you've got a Facebook page. People can find out everything there. Yes, absolutely. All the information is on the Facebook page. All you need to do is Google Laura-On-Hogsback, and that will take you to our Facebook page. And please go ahead and like as much as you like. And also, any comments you'd like to make, we welcome that. Well, I think they need to come up and visit you as well. Well, that's a surprise, <laughs> especially from Cape Town, you and, know. Well, you're a Cape Town girl, so, you know. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be really nice. And, and and I must just tell people, Lara is spelled, and you'll understand why I mispronounced it in the beginning. Yes. It's L-A-R-A-G-H. Yeah, Lara. It's, it's an Irish, I would imagine, spelling. Yes, and it's just the G-H is silent. So okay. it's Lara. Lara-on-hogsback, hyphen hyphen and it's on Facebook. All the information, beautiful pictures, all the contact details, everything is there. Jenny, it's been delightful chatting with you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me on the show this evening. Oh, thank you very much. Have a lovely evening. Thank you so much. Thank Good night you. to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Jenny Newman, who together with her husband Norman, own and operate Lara on Hogsback. And for more information, you can call them on 082781-0470. That's 082781-0470. Or take a look at the Facebook page. It's Lara-on-Hogsback. And Lara is L-A-R-A-G-H. And uh, we've got uh, our next guest is on the line and we were going to talk about lifestyle events such as the recent Cape Town Tourism Fashion Week. It attracts large numbers of locals as well as tourists and events such as these have a positive impact on tourism to South Africa. And to talk to us about this, I'm joined this evening by the CEO of South African Tourism, Tulani Nzima. Tulani, good evening. Welcome back to the show. It has been quite a while. Thank you very much, Karen, and good evening to your listeners. And uh, it's good to join you this evening and... Uh Let's have a good time. I believe you've been in Cape Town for the Cape Town Fashion Week last week. I, I couldn't miss it. Uh, it's just one of those exciting events, lifestyle. You want to be part of it. Uh, it brings quite a number of exciting people into the country. It also is one of those kind of platforms that we use to showcase what this country can offer. This uh, uh, African uh, uh, Fashion Week, in fact, has been doing the rounds from Johannesburg to Durban, and uh, last week it was the turn of Cape Town to showcase itself. And But as I mentioned, these I- events such as this, I mean, they, they do bring a lot of tourists to the country. Oh, certainly they do. Uh, I mean, if you look at not just South Africa, many other cities in the world today, you mentioned Milan, Paris, New York, and to a certain ex- extent Amsterdam as well. These are very well known for their fashion uh, designs, and uh, as a result... It attracts quite a lot of people. And what we are doing in South Africa, and thanks to the Muzipes who have seen the opportunity to invest in this kind of platform, not for the money, but just to make sure that they can uh, position South Africa as one of those countries that also can uh, create platforms for exhibitors here, as well as the fashion designers. But these cities have made a point of being known as fashion centers, and it drives tourism. In South Africa, we realize that uh, we have been very successful as a leisure destination, but there is a lot more to this country than just a leisure destination. We leverage on this kind of events to show the expanded uh, product offering on the tourism side of things. We invite media as well to make sure that we expose them to various parts of South Africa and Western Cape, in, in this case, 
was a, a, a very great opportunity to showcase them around the wine routes and the garden routes, things that are well known. But also, we take them to places that they've never been to before. And it's not just events like this. I mean, sport is another thing that brings in a lot of tourists. So we've got a lot of options of bringing in large numbers of people. And we seem to be making the best of it. Well, I think what a lot of South Africans don't realize is that this country has actually been making strides on the international platform. If you're talking about sports, quietly we have made successes. Apart from what everybody else knows, which is the uh, Soccer World Cup hosting, uh, we have this pedigree of uh, being successful in hosting a variety of good events. We have the stadia when it comes to rugby and football and, and, and uh, cricket, equally with golf. We have managed to host some of the biggest events here. People have forgotten that the President's uh, Cup in golf was played here in South Africa. Uh, it brought no lesser person than Tiger Woods himself. Who can forget that epic battle that he had with NES in Fancourt? So we've had that, those kind of successes. Uh, the world number uh, three in golf now is Rory McIlroy. He has played in, in, in South Africa at Sun City. We have also been very successful. We, we don't just host these events. We host and win them. So, yes, we are leveraging on our infrastructure and the ability for this country to host big and small events. The COP17 was another such indication that this country is ready for big things from the logistics, the road infrastructure, the communication systems, all of these kind of things have actually made a mark in the global space. And we continue to win the various events that are hosted here in the, in the country. And our, our, in our um, convention centres seem to be bringing in loads of people, which is absolutely fa- fantastic. The beauty of the, the business events, which you call the convention centre, uh, it's the fact that in, invariably when people come to the country, they will bring with them spouses. Second thing is because they're not using their own money in most instances, they will be bringing with a partner that is going to be spending money. They've got higher average disposable income. They will also take a pre and post tour. When they are in the country, they will, while the, the one partner is sitting in the conference rooms, the other partner is taking an itinerary. They are spending money in our country. They are getting exposed to our country. And the very first the, the very delegate who was here for a conference will then come back as a leisure uh, tourist into the country. That's how this thing feeds into the system. This is how we support our tourism, that uh, uh, we, we leverage on what is happening out there. The, the average spent from a country like China, as an example, is much higher than the total average that we've got within South African tourism. And this is because... 40, about 48% of their business is business events driven. So they come here having spent somebody else's money paying for the flights, and they've got sufficient dollars to spend in the country. That's how this con- uh, tourism supports the economy and job creation in, the, in our country. And they tend to come back sometimes with, afterwards when they've been here for a conference. It seems to be the starting point, and they'll come back with more family members later. In fact, it's, it's a very huge percentage, and upwards of uh, 40% of people who come to the country will come back within three years of their visit into the country. And secondly, most of them will bring with them a partner, and they will also recommend this, this country to others that have may never have been to the country. So you find that uh, because they didn't see enough of the country, by the time they return to this country, 
They then want to see a lot more. They will be visiting more provinces. And indeed, they will also be bringing with them some friends. The, the other thing that is very important for us, where we benefit from these business events, is the fact that we, we have as a proven statistic that most of the people who come to the country with initial perceptions of safety and security concerns will return back having been positively converted and then living to tell the story that South Africa is not as bad as we make it to be. And that's a very important message that no marketing money can buy for us as a country. That's really good news to hear. Now, we've just come out of our winter season. How has tourism been over the winter season generally? Well, it's interesting that uh, even during the winter season, we still see the need to travel and travel to those kind of cozy areas. By the way, we are not different to how tourism seasons uh, kind of complement each other. Uh, Our peak season, interestingly, Karen, happens to be the winter season in Europe. When it's very cold in Europe, Europeans are looking for places where they can get a bit of sunshine, and South Africa has plenty of sunshine to offer to them. South Africans also do the same domestically. When it's very cold in Johannesburg, we migrate to uh, KwaZulu-Natal and and in other parts of South Africa, which are a little bit warmer. Uh, You would have looked at uh, the the weather forecast and the, the, the temperatures reading in South Africa and dropping down wondering where do South Africans go. Yes, they still want to travel to Guazul Natal. They still want to go to uh, Cape Town because they've booked that holiday. They don't cancel because it's very cold. Equally, overseas visitors coming to this country continue to come to South Africa because even though it may be winter for us here, uh, by European standards, it's still warm. And they still see the sunshine, and which they enjoy quite a bit. So it's things, you know, people always wonder about the, you know, the economy and globally the, the money's a bit tight, but we seem to be doing okay, though. We, we seem to be doing okay, and I'll talk numbers in a short while. But uh, let me just also explain why we are doing okay. It's several things that are in place here. The first one is that after the Soccer World Cup, we didn't really rest on our laurels. We went out and embarked on a variety of initiatives. One of them was a campaign we called um, 20 Experiences in 10 Days. We visited different countries. We invited couples from different countries to come and explore South Africa and went back to tell the stories. The second thing is that South Africa represents value for money for most tourists coming to this country. And I'm not talking here, Karen, about the exchange rate benefit. That exchange rate benefit is good for a certain period but uh, the, the currencies fluctuate and can change even next week. So value for money is really about the fact that we have experiences suited for every experience and budgetary requirement that you have. So we have continued to do that. The third consideration is South Africa offers a variety of tourism options. So you're not coming here for your safari experience full stop. When you come to this country, we expose you to our heritage and culture, our lifestyles, such as what we're talking about, design, uh, Cape Town having been voted the design capital for 2014, is beginning to have a a hive of activities in that regard. And we will also uh, share with you our own uh, township and uh, uh, some kind of uh, urban tourism, because we, we have seen a lot of cities, including Johannesburg here, where there's been a drive for urban uh, renewal of the cities. 
and those are now beginning to open new areas for people. South Africa is a, a, a miracle uh, a democracy, so to speak. Still attracts people with higher levels of curiosity to see those kind of symbols we've got in this country that are an indication of the history that we have traveled. People want to see Robin Island. People want to go to Rivonia, uh, that Lily's Leaf. People want to go to Freedom Park and, and enjoy and share with us our history. So these are some of the things that have worked very well in, in our favor. But we also continue to offer diversity. You know, in, in this country, as I was saying, even if you were coming initially for Table Mountain, you wanted to see Kruger National Park, you wanted to be at Sun City, we will make sure that we impress you with a lot more. I'll talk numbers when the, uh, the opportunity comes now. Tulani, I'm going to have to unfortunately cut you short there because we've got to cross over to the Commonwealth Games because we've got some contestants in the 400 metres hurdles and I think they're about to go off in a moment. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to catch up with you again a bit later another on another show. But thank you very much indeed for your time this evening. Oh, wonderful, Karen. And all the best to our uh, uh, athletes. Thank you. Uh, we are getting medals. Thank Th- you very thanks, much. Thanks, Tulani. Good night to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Tulani Nzima is CEO of South African Tourism. And to find out more about SA Tourism and for some fabulous ideas for being a tourist in your own country, take a look at www.southafrica.net. And it's time now to catch up with Manfred Siedler for news from the Commonwealth Games. Manfred, what's happening over there? Very good evening, Karen. Well, your timing is absolutely perfect as the men's 400 meters final are about to go into their starting blocks. And of course, we have South Africa's Wade van Niekerk in this race. Just to fill you in whilst the uh, athletes are getting ready, we picked up another three medals today. Tulani Benge, uh, I beg your pardon, Paul Muddy at uh, bronze medal in the 53 kilogram weight category re- with wrestling. Zark Fisser, silver medal in the men's long jump, and Roosevelt. Uh, Samai, a bronze in the long jump. Right now, the men's 400-meter hurdles in lane one, Chris Brown of Bahamas, Rennie Koo of Trinidad and Tobago in lane two, then it's Lalonde Gordon of Trinidad and Tobago in lane three, Wade van Niekerk, South Africa's big hope, recently up to the 400 meters in lane four, Martin Rooney of England in lane five, Kirani James, the big favorite, in lane six, Jarin Solomon in lane seven of Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, Katoy of Bahamas, in lane, Kato Williams of Bahamas out in lane 8. Wade van Niekerk recently going to the 400 meters, only a year and a bit, and already broken the South African record, a best time of 44.38 seconds. The man to beat, Karani James, out in lane 5, and rather lane 6, Wade van Niekerk going out very, very fast, already on the shoulder of uh, Martin Rooney. He's chasing Karani James, you can see James on the outside, and that might just help him. Wade van Niekerk really flying down the back straight. Karani James now beginning to open up. And the uh, Grenadian, the Olympic champion, Karani James, finding his uh, rhythm. Wade van Niekerk really, really closing him down. This is fantastic stuff by Wade van Niekerk. He's going to come into the home straight in the lead. Has he got the legs? Can he hold it? Karani James now kicks. And chasing hard in uh, lane three is Lalonda uh, Gordon. And Wade van Niekerk beginning to tie up. It's right now, he's in silver. James is going to take this, no doubt about this. Wait for Nickak. Can he get the silver? And he does! Oh, fantastic! Game's record, 44.25 seconds. Karani James, superb run. And wait for Nickak, the silver medal. And I wait, I'll wake a wager that he's come very close to his own South African record, if not beaten it. But what an unbelievable run by uh, Wait for Nickak. Not shy at all to take on the big guns, went after them, and it paid off. And I suspect the fact that he had Karani James on his outside from Grenada, that uh, he was able to see him and tee off him. 
that made a big, big difference in his uh, his approach. But wait, Van Niekerk, what a run by him! Only the second year in the uh, 400 meters, he's a sprinter from the 100 and 200 meter genre, moving up to 400 meters, and he comes back in his first major competition with a silver medal at the Commonwealth Games. So fantastic effort by the youngster, a really, really amazing run by him. And South Africa's medal tally has gone up to four today, two silver and two bronze. Superb effort by the South African, just waiting for his time to come up. But really, he couldn't have asked for a better introduction to the men's 400 meters. And a superb effort by him, as I said. Just to recap quickly whilst we're waiting for that time, Paul Muddy, the bronze medal in the wrestling, 53 kilogram weight category. Then it was Zark Fisser who won the silver medal in the men's long jump with an 8.12 leap. And Rizwa Samai, the bronze, with an 8.08 jump. Now uh, Wade van Niekerk taking the silver medal in the men's 400 meters. So a really good day for Team South Africa. That brings up our medal tally to 30. We're chasing 43. And it uh, looks like we just might get it. So uh, good, so good job there by the South Africans today. The hockey woman beating India 3-2 going to the semifinals up against uh, Australia. And the lawn balls force through to the quarterfinals of Kani Sambini. Wade van Niekerk, who's just won the 400 meter silver medal, and Nsili Titi going through to the men's 200 meter semifinals. Those are tomorrow. Cornell Fredericks goes through into the men's 400 meter hurdles finals. LJ Fancel, unfortunately, not making it. And I'm sorry if I'm dragging this on, but we're just waiting for confirmation of that time for the silver medal. But absolutely amazing run by Wade van Niekerk. Timed it to perfection. He really blasted out of the box to the blocks to the youngster from South Africa. And when they came up around the top bend, it was actually leading Karani James. And James is absolutely a class athlete. He's uh, gone sub 44 seconds. And that, that's the next uh, step for Wade van Niekerk. But uh, Karani James only able to pull away in the last 40 meters. And when he did, he opened up quite a gap. Uh, Wade van Niekerk tying up quite badly there, but uh, still managing to hold on for the silver medal. So we're still waiting for that time. 44.25 was the winning time. And uh, that was Karani James. Wade van Nikak, 44.38 seconds is his best. I won't be surprised if he's beaten it or come extremely close to it. But he certainly has taken to the men's 400 meters, has this youngster. Amazing effort by him. We've also got Sunet Falun in the women's javelin currently underway. And uh, as that competition is unfolding, it looks as if... Uh, Sunet Falun is certainly one also in the medal position, but it is only uh, early days. They've just had one round. And yeah, she's 62.17 meters, so all very close. 62.97 is the lead. 62.40 is second, 62.33, and then 62.17. So she's just on medal territory. And I do apologize for going on a bit, just really waiting for Wade for Nikak's time to be able to tell you what his time was but a silver there it is 44.68 so Karani James 44.24 grounded down games record Wayne van Nikak silver medal 44.68 and Alonda Gordon of Trinidad and Tobacco season's best of 44.78 a fantastic evening for South African athletics Manfred Seid at the Commonwealth Games for SAFM Sport Manfred before you go we've got another race coming up just after 10 haven't we there is another race coming up after 10 it's the men's 800 meter uh, semi-finals and uh, it is uh, uh, Andre Ulifir in that race. Yeah. So we'll wait and see. That'll Do you think we've got a chance for a medal there? 
I mean, it's not a medal, Andre, it's a semi. It's a semi, isn't it? Yes, it's not the it's, final. It's a semi, yeah. It's it's going to be a tough race for him, even in the semi. They're going to take it out fast because in the same race as his training partner, a guy called Nigel Amos. And um, Nigel Amos is the world junior record holder and the Olympic silver medalist in that epic London uh, 800 meters where David Radisha ran 1 minute 40 point something ridiculous seconds and dragged the entire field to under 1 minute and 44 seconds. It never happened before. So... Andre Olifid is really, really going to have to uh, run very hard if he wants to get through to that final. There are three semifinals, and it's the top two that go through automatically and then the two fastest times. So he's going to have to make sure of his position. So we're doing pretty well. You said we almost at our, well, we, we've got a, there's potentially we can make the medal tally that we wanted. Um, possibly more, do you think? Well, I don't know. I must be honest with you. When we when we started looking at the athletics competition, I was a little bit worried that we might be thin. But it's been an amazing evening. I did not expect Zach and Russell both to medal. Um, I always figured Wade had a good chance. I didn't think he'd come out this good. And uh, we're now just waiting for Sinet. So um, I'm a little bit uh, shocked about what has happened tonight. Um, pleasantly shocked. Very, very pleasantly shocked, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, we're inching ever closer. The uh, the concern though is, is that where are the other medals going to come from? We've uh, for, uh, LJ Fonsale was always somebody we looked out for to come through for, for a final and a medal. He didn't even make the finals. That said, Cornell Fredericks is the fastest man in the 400 meter hurdles. Um, the women's hockey, well, they got through to the semi-finals and they're playing Australia, as I said. And Australia, they reckon are the uh, oh, that's a big, big throw there by Mikkel from Australia in the women's javelin. That's gone over 66 meters. It takes some doing now for uh, Sinette Falloon to come back into contention here. She was lying fourth until this throw, 66 plus meters by Mikkel. So, yeah. Um, the women's hockey, 3 2 over India, as I said. Um, the Australians, they reckon, or South Africa reckon, the Australians are the favorites. And um, they reckon that, obviously, give it the 65.96 meters. It takes her Australians, Kim Mikkel, into the lead in the women's javelin. The South Africans reckon that they're going to have to try very, obviously going to try very, very hard to beat the Australians. They do the fancy, though, their chances for a medal. Um, because it'll either be England or New Zealand that they play in the finals, and they reckon they've got the measure of either one of them. So they reckon it's a medal. So hopefully in the hockey. So Netflix now is the second attempt. Uh, around about 62 meters again. I'm not sure if that's going to be into medal territory at this rate. So uh, she's still got four more attempts. I have to wait and see what happens on that front. But. Yeah, look, lawn bowls is also a possibility still for medals, so might just get up to that 43 medal tally. That's looking promising. Manfred, thank you very much indeed for all that news. Thanks a lot. Absolute pleasure. Good night to you. And um, we were actually going to be speaking to Mark Tazioli. He's the British Airways chef, and we were going to be talking about basically their new flying, they're calling it their new flying gourmet burger. And we were also going to be taking a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to get you that meal in the sky. But uh, if you've been listening to my shows for the last two weeks, you'll know that I'm on a roll at the moment. And once again, the computer system has completely crashed. So that interview with Mark Tazioli that was in London was a pre-recorded interview, so it can't be played tonight. So we'll have to keep that one on hold. But luckily, I have my colleague Stephen Kirker in Johannesburg mm. standing by to save me yet again from a crashed mm. computer. 
computer. Hello, Stephen. Hello, how are you? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure if I can take much more of these crashing computers. Well, you know what the good news is on that front? What? Uh, we are in the process, I say we as a collective family here at the SABC, um, because you know our, the, the computer technology uses uh, older than the ARC, almost. Well, you know what it's like with technology. Anyway, so that's in the process of being upgraded. So if you don't like the new system, we well, the system we're using now, you're going to have to get used to a new one. As long Hopefully. as it works. I don't mind what it is, as long as it works. <laughs> you know? It's a computer, woman. It's a computer. Oh, well, it it will have its moments, I'm sure. I've had two weeks of crashing computers and things, and I've just kind of, and tonight was the final straw. When the whole thing is now crashed, I can't play music, I can't play my little spot things, I can't play my interviews, I can do nothing. You can storm around and uh, shout at people. No, well, I've, I can't because my listeners won't like that. Oh, much. okay, all right, yeah. So I'll have, I've got you, thank goodness for you, Stephen. In I'm actually doing something for you. What are you Shortly. doing for me? Remember, you... I'm going down to... Yes, well, I was going to ask you about that. You're going off to go and be all energetic on a bicycle. <laughs> well, that's the idea, yes. I, I was. Uh, I, I actually got a, a press release about the Ismail Angiso four-day mountain bike ride, uh, which I did an interview with uh, them last year, and, of course, I wasn't in the position to do an interview with them this year, so I passed it on to the weekend sport pro- program and Brad Brown, except I think Natalie Germanis was sitting in then. But I just happened to say to the producer, Siobhan, I said, you know what? I would really like to go and do this. And uh, Bob's your uncle. She got in touch with the organizers, and they've actually invited me down to come and do the Ismail Ngiso four-day mountain bike ride because it's in this uh, pristine uh, heritage. Well, it's one of the the, the, the sort of conservancy or something. It's a conservancy. Yes, exactly. It's uh, and it's along the east coast uh, between Riches Bay and uh, south along the KwaZulu Natal coast. And this is a four-day ride which takes you through the whole park. So I'm going to go down there not only take part in the mountain bike ride it's a ride and not a race apparently and i'm looking forward to taking in all the scenery they've got the big five there so i'm going to be reporting back on that see what the park Mm. is like and then after the ride i'm going to stay overnight and go down for sundowners and so i'm going to be able to report back on the facilities the food obviously 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 and clearly their wine list. I'll make sure I, yes, I, I get that. a copy of that because I know that's mm-hmm. very important in your life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm also, in, in fact, also, of course, it's a conservancy. So I'm going to pull up some information on conservation and the challenges they face, of course, not only with uh, keeping their big five intact, which, as you know, there's uh, poaching is becoming such a massive problem, but also, of course, uh, with mining up the drag, we'll find out about the, um, you know, if they're being affected by that kind of thing. I'll be reporting on that uh, with Nancy on a Thursday evening. You, I'll be discussing just the light, fluffy stuff with all the good travel. Yes. It's not light, fluffy stuff. It's very important stuff. Okay. You know what? Because I'm I'm taking a bit of a gap now, so I'm going to be doing more of this important stuff, I hope. Yes, I believe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes, you're going to be out there reporting live. Well, sometimes well, live, and mm. uh, yes, I think it's going to be probably safest to report live, judging on the way the computers are behaving these well, days. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm not recording anything. But don't you have a problem with bikes and falling off them? Um, I do actually, funnily enough, now that you mention it, I have a very soft patch on my elbow and grazes on my knee, my ankle, and my elbow. Oh, and my other knee as well. 
Right, so pretty much most of you then. Mm, yes, I do wear a helmet, so that's Oh, well, that intact. saves that. Okay, so just try not to fall off the bike this time because I need you to come back and tell me about it. I can't promise I won't fall off the bike, but I will promise to try and remain alive. Yeah, well, that will be help, yes. No, if you, even if you have to find you lying somewhere, as long as we can get a microphone to you, that'll be uh, fine. Okay, no, fair enough. Yeah, so that's great. So what else have you got planned? Um, that's, that's coming up quite soon. What else is on the cards? Uh, Travel-wise, good question, but uh, I suspect that uh, I will be looking, in fact, it's my wedding anniversary this weekend. Oh, congratulations. Yes, exactly. You know how patient my wife must be to have to put up with me for 23 years. So I'm actually heading up to Sondela, the nature reserve up uh, north uh, near Bella Bella. So I can actually talk to you about that as well sometime. That'll be rather fun. Yeah, because uh, that came about and we thought we'd go up there for our wedding anniversary. It's the first time for us. It's also, of course, another conservancy and uh, a park with uh, lots of animals and great scenery. I'm looking forward to that. I am thinking of taking my bicycle as well because I believe they're welcome there and it's reasonably safe, barring, of course, the mistakes the operator can make. Well, there is that. But it is your wedding anniversary weekend, Stephen, so maybe leave the bicycle at home. Just a tip. Yeah, I suppose that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Take the wine instead. Uh, there you go. Okay. There you yeah, go. The yeah. wine, leave the bicycle at home because the wine and the bike won't go too well together. So, you know, go off and enjoy the no, weekend but, uh, with you your see, wife. But you, you forget I have to do 288 k's on a mountain bike. In four days, After so therefore that. I need oh, to tra- yeah. I, need, I need to do some training. Oh, and oh. before that, I'm going up to Sun City because there's a cancer, um, the cancer ride, the ride for cancer. Okay. And I'll be doing the 125 kilometer road ride on the Saturday. And like I said, you're very energetic on a bicycle. Um, yes, I probably have too much energy. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, do we have some music lined up there somewhere? Stephen? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's, no, let's yeah, take I, a little bit of music. Okay, let's do that.
Every successful man, there is a woman. In the past 20 years, women have taken their stand in society, parliament, and in business. We talk about Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma, Helen Suzman, Tulima Donzela, and Jill Marcus, to name a few. SAFM celebrates 20 years of inspiring women. SAFM, let's have the conversation. Which destinations are on your travel bucket list? Expresso is giving away amazing travel prizes and leisure activities. All you need to do is join our exciting new travel community by registering on Expresso's Facebook page. You might even get to share your experiences with one of our presenters and journey through Southern Africa from the bush to the coast in complete style. So be sure to register and tune into your feel-good morning show, Expresso, weekdays 6am to 8.30am, only on SABC3. Premier Soccer League presents this weekend's MTN8 fixtures. On Friday, catch Bitvest Vits as they take on Bloemfontein Celtic at Bitvest Stadium at 8pm. Saturday, Mamelodi Sundowns versus Platinum Stars at Loftus Festfield at 3pm. Then, Orlando Pirates take on Supersport United at Orlando Stadium at 8.15pm. On Sunday, it's Kaiser Chiefs versus Black Aces at FNB Stadium at 3pm. Tickets 40 Rand at CompuTicket. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. Hi, I'm Steve Kikana. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's South Africa news, and, news information and information league. SAFM, 104 to 107. Yeah. I'm sorry, Karen. I well, probably... I'll pr- try probably again. <laughs> oh, I'm, I beg your pardon. Now, that was me. That was me again. Sorry. You completely threw me here tonight, Karen. But I did realize something about what you were about to read. It's dated. Just, uh, just the fifteenth of August on here. Mm, okay. Well, the one th- one thing said the twenty eighth. Oh yes, July. that's a compulsory briefing session. So mm. that's that's. Okay, passed. carry on. That was all my totally my fault. 
Well, the SABC offices in Auckland Park require gardening maintenance services of a competent and qualified gardening contractor to render a full gardening maintenance service for its TV centre and radio park buildings. Now, there was a compulsory briefing, and that was on the 28th of July, so I'm not quite sure what's going to happen now. But the tender documents are available at the SABC Auckland Park between 8 and 4 upon receipt of proof of payment of a non-refundable fee of 1,000 Rand made to the SABC Limited General Deposit Account at ABSA. For inquiries, and you can check now with that number I'm going to give you now about that compulsory briefing session which has already passed. The inquiries regarding collection of documents, you can contact the tender office on 011-714-4764 or email lushabam at sabc.co.za and the closing date is the 15th of August 2014 at 12 o'clock. Right, so I think we've, certainly the briefing session where the date was... Uh, past already no that, that, that these things do happen mm. especially finger trouble yeah, well, I, I yeah, feel uh, most embarrassed about that i've gone all hot well, at least you've got a computer that works <laughs> Stephen. i mean you know you can't <laughs> yeah. everything. you know what i mean well yeah i could blame uh, i could blame it on the computer but in this case i i, I uh, accept full responsibility okay mm. right okay so you actually sent me a very interesting story the other day about um, a sailing boat with for oh. people with ms well, you and see, I've been I, trying desperately to get hold of them, but they don't respond to any of my emails at is, all. That is very strange. It is strange. Okay, because I, I just, I mean, I, I, I'm on various uh, mailing lists, as you would understand, mm. being a sailor. And interestingly enough, the sailing is used for many, many different um, life skills, uh, therapeutic and other uh, practices, especially in the UK, I mean, of course, the UK is a, an island, so they're surrounded by the sea. But Dame Ellen MacArthur, who sailed around the world, uh, she has a trust which um, helps uh, youth. But increasingly, of course, it's being used by, you know, f- to give people who would otherwise not have access to these experiences, uh, the experiences. In fact, there's an incredible woman called Hilary Lister. Who, I'm not sure if you've spoken to Hillary on your disability program. She's this woman. I can't remember which one of the conditions she suffers from, but she's essentially paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, she became the first woman to sail around Britain, and she sailed across the, um, the channel and stuff. And now recently another girl who's also suffering from you know severe paralysis has managed to do this so perhaps that is something you, you're welcome to send me on any sailing cruises that you get invited oh, on right. i can report uh, okay. back on those because yeah, i don't i don't do boats because they move or bicycles but Bi- bicycles i could still possibly cope with but boats move and i don't do water and things that move on water oh really no no i i i mean i don't mind them but i they don't like me terribly much so you're you're limiting yourself no, no, it's it's all that anti-seasick medication and those little bracelets with the little buttons that push on my pulse and the you know I, I go the whole hog and then I just might survive. Oh right, okay. I don't I don't cope with motions terribly well. Anything uh, that moves. Oh, motion! I thought you said emotions. No, for a motion. Second. I have a motion illness problem. Motion illness mm. problem. Well, that does limit you on the uh, travel. Uh, it does basis, slightly, yes. Do you get uh, air sick? No, I don't. That's one thing I don't. That doesn't move too much. Although I'd, somebody said to me once that I would be a lot better in an aeroplane if I was actually flying it. because Wouldn't we all? They seem to think that I had a control issue and that if I was actually flying it, I'd be a lot more you know, comfortable. I think that is a pro- that's, uh, that's probably something you could talk about in uh, Time to Travel, perhaps, because I'm a nervous flyer. Mm. I am a nervous flyer because I like being in control. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I don't like flying, but I'd rather be... Well, yes. 
I'd rather be the first person to know there was a problem. Well, yes. You know, I, I don't like not knowing. And I would, as someone said, you know, um, maybe you'd be feel a lot more comfortable if you were actually flying. But then they did tell me as well that, you know, the pilot didn't get on the plane to crash it. So, you know, he also wants to get home. Well, you'd hope so. But unfortunately, so. I, I, unfortunately, of course, the recent uh, yes, history has suggested that, uh, you know, every single person. It's like that guy, uh, that SAA pilot who in Zimbabwe, was uh, had the moment going through security and the flight was yes. ended up being delayed and uh, I, I still don't quite remember whether it, it was decided that he was being unreasonable yes it well, was that was what was decided yes. well I mm. do seem to remember the, the they national actually another pilot out to fly the plane because they wouldn't let him fly the plane then I seem to remember the national carrier mm. though sort of indicated that perhaps He'd been pushed uh, a bit too close. Yes, yeah. But I mean, this is not something I can comment on. So these are all the the things you, the dangers of traveling, yeah, which is why I like your idea of uh, staying within the country. Of course, yeah, being a tourist in your own country is the best thing ever. And there's so much to do and to see. And if you haven't been to Hogsback, you need to take a, a trip up there. I'm going to go to Hogsback. And the other thing, of course, is if you stay within your own country, you can cycle well, around yes. your whole country, okay. and that doesn't cost you anything in petrol. Now, and now the exchange rate is just fine. The exchange rate is fine as long as you have a few bob to buy the necessities. Yes. Um, and you've got time on your hands because it would take you a, a while to cycle around the country. Well, you that's you. Well, it would probably take me a bit more to, <laughs> to cycle well, around yeah, the country. Yeah, okay. But I, I, I don't mind the car so much. The car's fine. Or a train or a bus or something. We don't do it. I, th- I think uh, train travel is fantastic. When my wife and I first got married, we, we uh, took the trans Karoo up from Cape Town, mm. which was fantastic. I mean, I, it's still re- I still remember that. We do tend to, I think a lot of people look at the blue train and say, well, that's the way you should do it, which, of course, is a bit costly. But there are other ways of traveling around the country and, in fact, through Africa on trains which probably aren't all that I've got a whole bunch of missions to go and explore for time to travel I think. Well, oh, I'm waiting for them Stephen I'm absolutely waiting for them <laughs> you just need to get me a sponsor right, well we'll work on that and okay, in the meantime right. you're going off cycling and you'll be coming back to tell us all about that I will do that well, and you're going to be back next week with a computer that's working. Well, one hope, one lives in hope on Monday. I'll be back with a law report. And just to tell people who, if they're still tuned in, our computer crashed, which is why Stephen and I have been chatting to each other all evening. Um, on Monday evening, it's the law report, and it's our monthly labor law program with Michael Bagram. So if the computer's working, well, we'll be back anyway, but hopefully the computer will be working. And be, join us on Monday, the 4th of August, Michael Bagram and I, Law Report with Labour Law. And Stephen, thank you once again so much for saving me from this crashed mm, computer debacle. Yeah, now, now I've got to try and get the news together. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Corin. Yeah, she's back again on Monday. Hopefully uh, less stress-free, dealing with uh, stress-free legal matters, sorting things out next week, uh, Monday night. I am with you through until midnight with the SFM Music Selection for the midweek. We also check in again with uh, Manfred Seidler for more Commonwealth news. But uh, first, the news time.